Okay, we are live. It's showtime. Time. This is Bart Berkey. I'm the founder of a company called Most People Don't. And this is the podcast. This is the second time that we are actually broadcasting it live to LinkedIn. And it will be available probably in a day or two on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other channels. But we are so excited. Uh, this is called Most People Don't But You Do. And I have a very special guest. I'm going to read a little bit about her bio before I get her into the screen. And then we're going to just share some lovely conversations. So today's guest is, yes, Katerina Matias. She and I met years ago at Penn State. She was a student and I was coming as a recruiter to share some positivity about things. And she followed up. And this was years later, we've stayed connected. She always is going with the most people don't approach. So over the Christmas holiday, I got a lovely handwritten card from Katrina and it just prompted me to reconnect with her. And I thought for this purpose of the podcast and to be able to share her story and about all the unique things that she is doing. So I'm going to bring her into the screen. There she is, Katarina. Hello there. Let me read a little bit about your background. Right out of school, you had done a couple of different things and then you went on to Hotels Unlimited in which you were assistant director of hotel operations, director of hotel operations, executive director of hotel operations. And then you decided, and we'll get into the story, to start a company called The Bite Company. And that has been around for three years. And we will get into what that company is and does. And then also your most recent endeavor as an entrepreneur is you started a company called Recruit Me App. And I know it's gonna be providing some massive solutions for the hospitality industry. So, Katrina, welcome to the podcast. I'm done talking. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Wonderful podcast. I, as I mentioned, I've been listening to it recently, and it's been really enjoyable to listen to all the guests you've had. And what have you learned so far from the podcast? Tell me. Ooh, I've learned not to take life so seriously. It sounds so many of these guests that you've had really have found a little bit of a secret sauce in their own life. I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me is you've said to them that it's so difficult for them to talk about themselves. And I can resonate with that very much. So it's very fun to hear you be so pointed with, hear the questions you're asking and you hear them think like, all right, well, it's because I did this and I have that. And you're like, all right, but what about you? And it's just really made, it made it so comical and really reminded me not to take things so seriously. So that's yeah, been fun. No. Yeah, life is short and we better have fun. Do our best, have good intentions, be kind to people and have fun. That's what it's all yeah. about. Yeah. Katrina, I want to get into your background a little bit. You are from New Jersey. You're living in the New Jersey area now. You went to Penn State University. You decided to study hospitality. Tell us, when you were growing up, did you have this desire to be able to please people, to give service? And you're still involved in the industry, but I'm just curious, what prompted you? Was it at a young age that you're like, I really like this hospitality stuff? It was a young age. So ironically, when we were, or when I was with my family to look at colleges for my brother, we were staying in so many hotels, right? We were going everywhere. And our age difference is about five years. So my mom kind of said, hey, start paying attention to where we're going, where we're visiting, because in a couple of years, you'll be looking as well. So I, sure, I was interested in the colleges, but what I was interested in was the hotels. I was paying attention to the service we experienced, what the rooms looked like, what they could have done differently, comparing. And she started putting that thought process in my head of, hey, you're really interested in these hotels. That may be something you want to do one day. And I'm sure there's not a book like this now, or maybe there is, but before the internet became so prominent, there was this book and then it had different college majors. 
and my brother had been looking at it and I found myself kind of looking at the dance section and always thinking, I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to be a dancer. I'm not going to, nothing else. And I looked into the hospitality section and I kept reading about it and it just sounded like, wow, this actually is something I truly love in conjunction with the fact that around that time, the wedding planner with Jennifer Lopez came out and Gilmore Girls was on, on the TV. So both of those things really shook a chord in me that I wanted to be the next Lorelai Gilmore or be J-Lo planning weddings. So it just all culminated at the same time and made me realize it was something that I wanted to hopefully pursue. Yeah, and then why did you choose Penn State? Because it was out of state for you, correct? Why it did was. You so ironically, my brother went there as well. So we're going to see a trend here that it seems like similar things, but it was really that as we went, I'm a firm believer. I gave tours at Penn State, and I would say on my tours that it's like getting a wedding dress, and unfortunately, you're going to do this before you get a wedding dress, but when you get your wedding dress, you'll realize it's very similar, that you're just going to feel it. You're going to walk around campus and be like, this is where I feel like I belong. And when we were walking around campus and we visited him, I just enjoyed it so much. We visited other family members and other colleges still and people. And I just never felt the way I felt when I was at Penn State. There was just something that drew me to the culture, the camaraderie, just so much about it. And then when I was looking specifically at hospitality schools and programs, the biggest thing that struck a chord with me with Penn State was that they were so firm in making sure that their hospitality students had an equal knowledge in food and beverage and hotels. So me, who is, by no means I'm a food and beverage person, or I should say I wasn't a food and beverage person at the time, thought to myself, I'm not interested in that. But the more I heard about it, I thought the more I can diversify myself and have that equal balance, that would set me off huge in life. And it really did. It definitely allowed me to be able to speak to the chefs at the hotels the same way I was able to speak to the general managers. Yeah. Okay. So then when you graduate from Penn State, and you're getting different job offers. What was your first job that you accepted when you graduated from university? So the first job I accepted was that assistant director of hotel operations with the Hotels Unlimited. I did have other job offers <laughs> and I had just already been working with them and I was just already in love with the company. And you moved up very quickly. I did. Thankfully, I had some amazing mentors, people who believed in me and saw the potential that I didn't see yet in myself. Okay. And would you consider yourself, when you left Hotels Unlimited, you were executive director of operations. How many hotels were you responsible for? So we had 11 hotels in our portfolio. And throughout the trajectory of my roles, there were times where I oversaw certain or then I oversaw them as a whole. And as I was transitioning out at that point, then it was really having a hand in all the hotels and working with a team that also oversaw those properties. Okay. So isn't that a lot of responsibilities? Here you are at the time, I'm just looking at your LinkedIn profile, and this is no, no disrespect. You were a very young pup, right? Yes. You, you did yes, an internship with them. You were assistant director of hotel operations, director of hotel operations, and then for multiple properties, you were a director of executive director. Yes. How did you get into that role so quickly? Looking at your background on LinkedIn, you were an RA. Great. That's really important. Of course, you were an intern for the Penn State or Hotel and Conference. Great. You were a food and beverage intern for Hershey Entertainment. Okay, great. But all of a sudden in within, gosh, five, six years, you're an executive director of hotel operations. How, Katrina, how did you do that? How were you prepared? How did you learn? Just tell us the story because it's right. phenomenal. Absolutely. Thank you so much. First off, I think I, as many people can strive based on certain comments made to them by others. 
And I think for me, as much as I appreciate positive reinforcement, when someone tells me I can't do something or that something will take a certain amount of time, it fuels me more than anything else. And I don't want to necessarily call out certain people. I never will. But I unfortunately had people in high school. I had a professor that told me that, oh, hospitality, oh, you want to go and clean rooms for the rest of your life and be a housekeeper? Just very small-minded, very narrow-minded. So that comment always stayed with me because I'm happy to clean a guest room at any point. I will roll up my sleeves and I will do any job because I appreciate that job because it's part of the common goal that we're making someone stay. It's not just cleaning a room. You're setting up a space for someone to come and either you know, attend unfortunately funeral, God forbid, or have their wedding. It's such a wide variety of reasons where someone is coming to stay and they're coming to stay in almost your home. So comments like that stayed with me throughout my career. I would meet with individuals that I was interviewing and I would get comments like, oh, no offense, but you got a lot of knowledge for someone so young. And it would just be these comments that would just keep feeding me to think to myself, wow, you know what? Let's just keep proving them wrong that I can do this. And I would be very narrow-minded myself to say that it wasn't just me. I had people in my career at Hotels Unlimited, two owners, the Teifels brothers, it's a family-owned company, who saw in me that I could grow, that I could have confidence. Confidence was always so key. And both of them instilled in me that I needed to find that confidence in myself. So as time went on, every hiccup, every mistake that I made, I was given the leeway to make that mistake, to write that wrong. Whatever it be, small, big, all right, figure it out then. You're going to figure yeah. out how to fix this. And every time I had to figure something out, I just gained more experience. And I always tell people that from my beginning at the company and all the way up, any position that I helped with or any opportunity that I had to do something gave me more experience because the company is set up as a hotel company, but also they have a separate entity called TFE Properties, real estate, residential. I gained knowledge on that side as well. And that always benefited me on the hotel side. Working with 11 different properties and working with other general managers, they yeah. would mess up just as I would, but I would watch the reaction of their message to ownership end of the company and I would learn what not to do also from them. Not in a negative way, right? We're all making mistakes, but the more people I was involved in hearing what mistakes they were making, the less mistakes I was able to make really being involved in nuts at all times. Yeah. So I would really say it was just the company involving yeah. me, allowing me to really mess up. Yeah, and I'm hearing a couple of things. And again, this is about you, not necessarily about your experience, but what led you to be able to have these experiences. So I'm getting a sense of an independent nature. I'm getting the essence of observant. I'm getting the essence of accepting challenges and delivering them and catching it up. Whenever I was just making that statement, I, that probably fueled you even more because I'm like, no disrespect, but you were doing an awful lot at age, you know, 17 or 16. Yeah, you said know, it but, in a very nice way. You didn't say it in a mean no, way. No, but, but yes, but, you're right. But, but absolutely. Again, yeah, yeah, because you really have, and hopefully you're embracing that and accepting that as a good thing. Like that is a compliment to you. If I was your age, and congratulations for your 30 under 30 recognition in the hospitality industry, I was not doing what you were doing, and I don't want to compare us, but I'm so proud to know you. I'm so proud of what you're doing. I really want to understand that drive though, right, Katrina? The drive okay yes we talked a little bit about hospitality and it was fun when you were looking at different places and you were traveling with your family and your brother went to penn state okay we got all that 
but where does the drive come from? I think it really is the fact that I'm just so motivated to, to accomplish something. I feel immediate gratification if I can help someone. If there's someone, let's say there's 50 people, but I only help one, even with you commenting on me being an RA, I always thought to myself, I have 50 students that I'm in charge of and people could scoff off and say, RA, whatever, you're a glorified babysitter. But I really tried to take it a step further. And I had friends joke and make fun of me that I was being taking it too seriously and doing too much. But when you had a freshman starting off at college and it was their first time away from home and they were nervous, but they wanted to act cool, you being there for them and making them feel that it was okay really just started to fuel that fire in me and that appreciation for helping someone else. Because if I help just one person every day, and it could just be smiling at someone at the gas station or thanking someone for opening the door for me, something so minor. But if you see that you gave them a little bit of light in that moment, that is just something that I love. I, I okay. love that. And that just continues to make me want to do more and more things that I can help people, big or small. Okay. The question is, how did you get to be that way? I understand. I understand. Okay, so who your mother was? Your is your mother that way? Is your brother that way? Very much that way. Yes, she does okay. a lot of little things for everybody. Always has, and is a very okay. big listener. Yeah. Okay. Is your brother the same way? We, I think, are very different. He's very analytical, and he's very book smart. He's always been that way. He's a, he's an engineer, so. He very much thinks okay. of things from a different aspect than I do. So okay. I would say I'm what, much more like my mother. What is the earliest memory of you doing something for someone else or being kind? Ooh, very good yeah. question. I Ooh, think I from a very young age, I started always with cards. Cards are very big to me. I tell friends, people that I meet, if you get me a card and you don't get me a gift, I would appreciate the card more because... Okay. To me, you standing in Hallmark or Walgreens or CVS and picking out a card that you think fits me and my personality means the world to me. So when I was young, before, of course, I necessarily had means to go and get my own cards, I would make cards. I would use Printmaster on an old dinosaur computer. So that to me would be my first memories of making cards for my mom, making cards for my family and having little jokes. And I was always the kid that would give the joke card, but then also give a serious card. For me, cards for every holiday, even Groundhog's Day is something that I like. And did you think you learned that? Did you see other people doing that? Was your mother doing those things? My mother was doing it. I also okay. felt that she was always doing so much for me in different ways, right? Because she's your mother. So she's able to. And I didn't have the means to give back as much as she was giving to me. And that was my way of giving back to her. Okay. Making cards, taking the time, being observant, being serious, but then on another end, being a little humorous and you were making people feel a certain way. I just got back, and I don't know if I told you this or not, but I just got back from Las Vegas last week and from Naples, Florida. I had two different groups to present to. You think and, you're traveling, so that's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was, yes. It was definitely fun and great people. But the major message that people wanted to hear that I was delivering was about superhuman service. Superhuman service. We all have superpowers, especially in the hospitality meetings and event industry. I think our superpowers are how we can make people feel a certain way. The card that you gave me the, over the holidays made me feel a certain way. And it cost you a stamp. It cost you time. You were expressing part of your love in that card, which I am so appreciative of. So I, I think that there's different ways that we can make people feel a certain way. But then I was talking about this superhuman service. And in my mind, it's about 
observing, which we talked about, you do very well. It's about anticipating what could this person want? What could they need? And then we're going to move into the companies that you have started because you have observed the need, you're anticipating what can help. And then the last part is over-delivering. Observe, anticipate, and over-deliver. And I was using the similarity of the Scarlet Witch. Have you ever seen WandaVision, Marvel comic? Yeah. Okay. She's superhuman. She can see the future. She can read people's minds. She can do all of these things. So that's what I'm encouraging many of my audience members and my customers to think about. How can we be a Scarlet Witch? How can we be superhuman in that approach? Which is going to then lead to you starting the Bytes company. Am I saying it correctly? The Byte company. Okay, the Byte company. So let's go back just briefly. And we will probably conclude in about 10 minutes or so. So just to keep track of time. Very fun that we have many listeners that are watching live on LinkedIn. Yes. So I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, to Beth, to Pat. We are. So Pat Howley, Penn State Alumni Relations for the School of Hospitality and so many other individuals. So we're glad that you are joining and hearing Katerina's story. Well, hello. Okay. So tell us, after Executive Director of Hotel Operations, you were with the company for almost nine years. Then you leave and you start the Byte Company. You shared that story when we talked a couple of weeks ago, but could you share it with our listeners? What prompted you to leave an executive director position to say, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this? So I had actually, my transition was a little extended. It was somewhat of a joke at the company that it was some time for transition out, but I was in talks of transitioning out prior to COVID happening. And then of course COVID occurred. So prior to COVID, I had started a project on the side, which turned into the bike company. And there was someone at the company, her name was Dina Mann, and she had always instilled in me and reminded me, you have to have something else you're doing, something that gives you excitement, that gives you your own outlet aside from work. So she really put that seed in my mind of start now, don't wait to start. So at the beginning of 2020, I had started this snack company called the bike company. We were timing to start a company, of course. And it was really on the premise of the fact that I was always driving around. I was... I never made the time to meal prep necessarily. I was always on the road. I was always in my car. I felt bad to stop for lunch. There was just never enough time. So I'd be going through McDonald's drive throughs and Starbucks. And there's nothing wrong with either of those, but consistently only doing that. If you watch Supersize Me, it wouldn't necessarily lead down the best path. So I started finding healthier snacks and I'm not a health nut. So I needed healthier. And really the slogan is a little bit of healthier in everybody. It's a thought process and it's to cater to people who maybe can't go the incredibly healthy side, but if there's a substitute for a snack that you love, that's a little bit healthier for you that you can enjoy just as much and it feels a little less than a guilty pleasure, then there you have it. It was to benefit hopefully myself. And then I started thinking there has to be other people out there that are just like me, that are on the road, that even if they're not on the road, they just have a busy day ahead of them and it would help them to have snacks. So Hopefully one day the bike company will turn into a whole other <laughs> outlet, but we started with snack bite company curated boxes. So health allergies, whatever it may be, you fill out a survey and then there's a box curated specifically to you. Now you could pick certain snacks if you've ordered before, there's a subscription option. So we're really trying to do things differently as best as possible, but it's to hopefully deliver those snacks with a full heart in mind and to help either new mothers with kids with allergies, themselves with allergies, or just somebody looking to add in that little bit extra of healthy into their lives. Yeah, I think that's, it, first of all, it's a great idea. And I like that you were thinking about what your needs were and then observing, anticipating and over delivering, because if you were feeling this way, other people would be feeling the same way. 
so let me ask you is it it's not an immediate delivery type of thing it's not like i order a lunch correct no correct yeah but definitely okay. will take three to five business days from when you order okay and are people ordering multiple boxes so yes. they know that okay i have sales calls all next week i need three boxes i'm going to need three boxes because i'm traveling next month and i want something healthy on the plane is that how it works somewhat so we have different options so you can order a one-week box that's really for you to taste it out if you want to try it out and you want to just see and test the waters then there's a two-week box which is our most popular option because what some people eat in two weeks as a snacker others could stretch out right because it's all based on serving size and then the other option is a month box those are our really three main from there we also have boxes for your pup to eat a little healthier we have family boxes, which are more curated as a family as a whole, instead of specifically to a person. So it will depend. Sometimes people are ordering more than one because they're purchasing for themselves. And then they're ordering for elderly parents is yeah. very often, or for a niece or nephew that has allergies that they never know what to get them. And this yeah. has become a love affair to send them these snack boxes. No, that's such a great idea because there are so many times I'm just speaking personally that someone, a friend is going through a difficult time someone is recovering from surgery someone had a baby someone got promoted and you're thinking okay what can i send them what right. can i send them and there's a couple of staple things that people go toward there's been there's a company i can't remember the name that would do chicken soup as an example yeah there's a company that does cookies there's a company that does a lot of different things yeah. what makes my company different than those companies it's taking that extra bit to say that you're not like everyone else, right? If you send just soup, or you send cookies, you're saying you're like everyone. But if you're sending something where then it's curated to that person, you're saying, I know you're different. I know you're special. And that's important to me for everyone to feel special. So then, you know, that person's recognizing that. And then this person's going to get a handwritten note that's going to say, so and sent this box to you with our help. And with your help. So it really just becomes such a heartwarming moment, I think, that really makes them feel special. Yeah. And is it you and your team that yes. are doing the handwritten notes? What a lovely idea. The power of a handwritten note. And it right. goes back to your philosophy again, the independence, the observing, the making people feel a special way, the the detail, the customization. I think it's just it's a great idea. And if people want to be able to learn more about the bite company, the bite company. Yes. What is the best place to go? So they can either go on Instagram or they can go to our website. Instagram, it's The Bike Company. And then the website is just www.thebikecompany.com. Okay. Excellent. And as you were mentioning, social, we were talking before about social media. There's one feed that pops up pretty often for me. And it's a company that does candy from all around the world. Yes. And there's, there's a lot of all around the world too. Yeah. Yeah. And th this one particularly that I don't know why it's in my feed. Maybe because I like maybe they're just trying around to the world. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But what's really interesting is that you they'll get requests of saying, can you fulfill my order on camera? And it's okay. Here's a Snickers bar from India. Here's chips from Brazil. Here is beef jerky from China. Those are horrible examples. Might have to edit that out. But it's interesting, but it's interesting that people want to see their order being fulfilled. Yes. And I'm not really sure what that means, but maybe that's an idea for you later. Just no, I appreciate put, that. Put the I, camera on the team. Okay, great. Put the camera on the team. Yes. That's yeah, a good yeah. Idea. All right. So the, in our last remaining minutes, and again, I think we're learning a lot about you. I think people are understanding that age doesn't need to be limiting. You need to embrace it. When people think that you're too young to accomplish something, you use that for fuel and energy to prove otherwise. 
the power of a handwritten note, the power of paying attention, all of those lovely things. You have a second company that you started, and I believe that this is going to help solve a major issue in the hospitality industry, and it is called Recruit Me App. Can you tell us about what it is, first of all, and what prompted you to start it? Absolutely. So Recruit Me app, right? So this is an app that is hopefully going to help companies and individuals looking to be hired find the right fit because it's not just one-sided. It's not just companies looking for people and it's not just people looking for companies. It needs to be the right fit. And that oftentimes not being the right fit is why people either leave a company or they no longer are with a company. So this is an app really trying to revolutionize the way that we think about recruitment. And instead of posting a job ad, which every company does, you now will have the ability as a company to see candidates on your newsfeed that fit your skill set or your company mindset or your company culture or the job you're trying to fill appropriately, right? So you're going to find the right candidates for your position because nine times out of 10, if you see a company, let's even take Apple, although maybe it's not the best example, you think technology. And if you're not a technology person, you may not think you could fit into that company, whereas there's many other roles that they need aside from technology professionals. So when you're looking for a job, you're going to pigeonhole yourself to look at companies that have opportunities that you think are what you're suited for. Take, for example, even myself, I'm going to look at hospitality companies, but hospitality is everywhere. It's in every job. It's in every industry. So I should be focusing on my skill set and what I have to bring to the table the opportunity to find the right position and hopefully yeah. allowing companies to do that and individuals to put themselves out there really that thought process of recruit me rec recruiting yourself you're putting yourself out there for the right company to find you it was really the thought process of switching up and the reason why i felt we needed such a big shakeup of course COVID has a big hand in that so many wonderful things unfortunately came out of a varied situation but people have really revolutionized so many things i've thought about things from miles away, not just outside of the box, miles away outside of the box, because it was necessary. And I was just getting so frustrated as a professional myself and seeing other professionals get frustrated that people were coming into job interviews in, in ripped jeans and they didn't have their resume and they didn't do any research on the company. And it sounds silly and it sounds like something like, well, what's the big deal? But we came from a world where you dressed up, you went to the interview, you had a pen, you had a notepad, you were ready to go and you were interested in the position. Now it just felt, you need me. I know you need me. You're going to hire me. And it became frustrating because you didn't feel like you were finding people that had a passion for what you were doing. You were unfortunately just finding a body. And we know that's never going to work out. You're not going to, that person's not going to stay at the company for a long time. So hopefully this helps find those right candidates. Yeah. So I have questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. When I had asked you initially about the Recruit Me app as a company and as an application, you said that it's almost like a dating app, but for employees and employers. Yes. And so I, I love that, that. I love that that thought process. Now, if I am looking for a position, you're sharing that it's about fit. We know it's about fit because you could look at the job descriptions for so many companies that are out there, Katrina, and they will all say, we believe in taking care of the employee. We believe in kindness and caring and empathy. That's what we're all about. But then you look on Glassdoor or you talk to people that had worked at an organization that just like, no, they're going to stab you in the back as much and as often as they can. That's not fit for me. That's not what I look. That's not what I'm looking for. Right. If I am 
looking for jobs outside of hospitality, do you think that there are companies that are willing to look at other skill sets and other abilities and talent to be able to make that change? And I keep on doing this, but so just bear with me. A friend of mine is now working in a senior living, senior care living center. Okay. And he said, I wish I would have learned about this before because it's so similar, so similar to our, our customers happen to be residents, but it's hotel. They're still director of operations for the community. They're still safety and security for the community. So our, the question is, do you think companies are now looking at people as what their skills are, what their talents are, and how could it fit? Are companies considering that now? Absolutely. I think they were forced to, unfortunately, because I think COVID created this great resignation, right? At first, it was companies having to lay off or furlough their employees. And the more people were home or had time to think and reevaluate their own lives, this great resignation happened. And then it's happened before. It's happened years ago. It's happened decades ago. But because of that, companies were forced to have to entertain individuals that had no experience in the industry that they were hiring for. So with that thought process in mind, too, it, it because individuals were hired into new industries, it proved the point right there that you don't have to have experience in that industry to be successful because if you've had 10 years of experience in the industry, but now you go and work for a company that does things radically different than any of their competitors, you're gonna be, have to be retrained all over again regardless. So there's almost no benefit to that experience you've had because your experience maybe is minuscule in comparison to what they actually need you to now know. So with that in mind in itself, a candidate who may have just stronger skills and was doing things very similar, like-minded to that company now, they probably would be head and shoulders above that other person that has 10 years of experience. So I really think COVID really changed that mindset and unfortunately forced companies, but hopefully now there's a benefit to that because we're all thinking outside of the box. Yeah, it's, it is that you are creating, tech, you're using technology, you have created technology that is allowing employees and potential candidates to display themselves differently that will attract companies that are looking for a fit. They're not looking for yet have 15 years experience leading a global sales team. It could be you are a great leader of person, you're empathetic, you're very creative, you've done this, these are your hobbies, and you also believe in volunteering and giving back your time. Right. You exactly. could be a great fit, even though you don't have the title, a former chief sales and marketing officer. Is right. that the concept? Yeah, because okay. when you as an individual are getting the app, you're filling out some questions. And what we're currently working on right now, we're working out through a lot of bugs and a lot of kinks, is the algorithm itself that's going to find those right fits. So like a dating app, again, that it's going to help you find the right people, the miles, the radius of where you're looking for someone, the certain skills you're looking for, the certain things that they answer to some of those questions. So we're already doing some of that guesswork for you. And an HR professional or someone sifting through resumes, we've already done that homework for you. Now what's on your screen is already that smaller pile that you're not wasting your time with someone that maybe isn't necessarily the right fit. Yeah, I think that's just such a brilliant idea. And it kind of reminds me, and I think I shared this when we talked a couple of weeks ago, when I was with Ritz Carlton, we were working with a company called Talent Plus out of Nebraska. And what was interesting about them is that if I was interviewing for, let's say I was trying to find a great catering salesperson, they looked at the characteristics and qualities of the most successful catering salespeople within Ritz Carlton, and they profiled some of their greatest themes and greatest traits. 
And then when we would interview, we'd have to go through these structured questions. And so if you're a candidate and I'm asking you these questions, if the themes align with what you're giving me to the top producers that are currently with Ritz-Carlton as a company, mm -hmm. there's probably going to be a high propensity that you're going to be wildly successful because of the fit, because of the fit. And that's what you're doing, but you're using technology even more so from a relevant perspective. Everyone's on their phone. Everyone is using apps. LinkedIn is a great resource, but maybe not everyone. I, there's a lot of people that I talk to, younger individuals that are looking for roles that are just beginning now to add their profile. So in addition to using a LinkedIn, let's use let's use the technology and the fun aspect of the Recruit Me app. Outstanding. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Katrina, we're almost done with our time. Can you tell us, tell the listeners where they should go to be able to find information about Recruit Me? So also on Instagram, we have an Instagram handle. It's Recruit Me underscore app. And then I had done a podcast at first to start getting the word out there eventually about the app. And then the first part of that podcast was really hopefully trying to put out there into the world some reminders on how to make sure your resume was appropriate, how to interview, just basic common things that I felt at some point, somewhere, someone told me, and maybe it's just not out there as much. So I was hoping to get that message back out there. So if they go to Spotify, they'll find Recruit Me as a podcast as well. I use Anchor just like you. I'll hopefully be doing some more podcast episodes now to talk more about the app in detail. So if they follow along on that journey, they'll hear the best ways to use it and really know more details on it also. Yeah, so this is going to be good not only for candidates, but also for employers, companies that are looking to be able to attract a new set of candidates. Yep. It's going to be very helpful. And so if I go, if I, with my phone right now, is there an app called Recruit Me app that I can download? Yes, so so there is, is an app. Is, Yep, there's an app in the Apple Store and Google Play Store. Okay, so that's where, the, that's where the product is. And so I want to make sure, because thank you for sharing the screenshots with me. I want to make sure that I download it and I fully understand it so I can help celebrate it even more with people. So, so Katrina, la last question for you. What is one thing that you do that has made you successful that most people don't? Great question. See how I'm tying it back? I know, tying it all back. Before I answer, I just want to tell you that when you do download the app, and for anyone that downloads it, I'm not sure when you're going to post this, but I know it's, this is live today. So we are still working out some kinks. So when you download it, you'll be able to set it up, but you may see loading, you may see different things. So bear with us until it works itself out a little better. But to answer your question, what do I do that's maybe successful that most people don't? I think ultimately really learning to listen. I think it was on one of your podcasts that you said we have two ears and one mouth so that you can listen more, right? And I am talkative and I have always been talkative. I've gotten talkative on every report card. So for me, finally finding that ability to listen and then do those little things. I had a general manager that loved cosmic brownies. And for his first week, I ordered a surplus from Amazon to be delivered to him. But I didn't tell him it was from me. It was just a delivery. And he spent weeks trying to figure out who sent me all these cosmic brownies? And it became a thing that whenever anyone walked into his office, he gave them a brownie. Here, have a seat, have a brownie. And it just became this camaraderie and this enjoyable environment that I think doing little things like that, when I hear something as silly as I love cosmic brownies, but my wife doesn't let me have them at home because they're bad for me. 
come to work and have all the cosmic brownies you want. I'm here for it. So doing things like that, I think has really made me successful because I think people feel comfortable opening up to me and then really just fostering those relationships as best as possible. Yeah, and what a great example. And it goes back to Scarlet Witch Powers. You observed, you anticipated, you over-delivered. You over-delivered by getting extra stock. But what I love about that story, Katrina, is that you didn't need to get credit for it, right? So often it's, and again, I'm a big fan of social media, obviously. I've been watching TikTok, of course, and learning things. And there's this one person that is a skier, and that's all I'll say. He or she is a skier and they are recording them doing kindness on the mountain. So if there is a little kid that is cold, they will give them the scarf, right? If someone falls, they'll stay with them until their family arrives. And I'm not really sure how I feel about that because they have their GoPro on a stick, on a selfie stick, and they're filming all these things and then they're promoting them. Yeah. I'm not sure if I really like it or not. And I was curious that other people feel the same way. Was it too self-serving? So I looked at the comments and the majority of the comments are very nice. I love you, dude. You're doing such great work. You're so kind. That kid was so cold which I guess is in all deals with intentions. Are they doing it for the right reasons? Are they doing it to get followers? Or are they doing it because it's really good? It's almost, if you do a good deed and no one sees it, are you really doing a good deed? Of course you are, of course you are. I love your story. You don't need to get credit. You're doing it because you're a kind person and it's gonna make people feel a certain way. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Are you a little embarrassed now? A little bit, a little red, a little rosy. <laughs> all right, all right. Katrina, pronounce your last name again so I get it right. Matthias. <laughs> Matthias. And I know you, Katrina Matthias. So grateful that you were able to join the most people don't, but you do podcasts. You certainly are a person that does. Terrific hotel experience, graduate of Penn State University, the founder of the Bite Company, and the finder of Recruit Me app. Can't wait for more people to see how special and how unique you are and how unique your companies are. And I wish you the best success. So we will end the broadcast now. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening, Katrina. Thank you for being a wonderful guest, and we will all talk soon. Thank you Thank so you. much, Mark. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, so I ended the broadcast.